안녕하세요. Good morning. Good morning, my dear brothers and sisters, clergy and ambassador for peace. 안녕하십니까. Today, I'd like to talk about women as the turning point for peace from Mother's Anthology Book 2. Let's study Mother's Word. Women as the turning point for peace. Beloved women leaders, I ask for your support in carrying the weighty responsibility of completing the providential mission of the ABLE Women's UN, the final organization that Reverend Moon and I created together. As you are aware, the UN was founded in accordance with God's will to address the plight of many people around the world who had endured unbearable suffering in the aftermath of the catastrophic Second World War with a deep yearning for peace based on the viewpoint that war must never be waged again. However, what is the reality today? In the 60 years of the United Nations existence, it has been unable to prevent wars breaking out, including the Korean War. Even though the Cold War has ended, the world is not free from outbreaks of war, whether big or small, that stem from conflicts between rich and poor, between races, and between people of different faiths. Hasn't the UN seen repeated breakdown of its work to fulfill its original mission to maintain global peace according to the purpose of its founding? At the time of its inauguration, the UN was the result of a compromise effected between the US and the then Soviet Union under the confrontational structure of the Cold War. From the outset, therefore, it was limited in its ability to bring about lasting world peace, transcending the interest of individual nations. This is why we have proclaimed that from the standpoint of God's will, the UN has been unable to emerge from the position of Cain. This is why we emphasize that the renewal of the UN is absolutely critical to building a world of lasting peace as originally envisioned at the time of their creation. The United Nations has struck a brick wall being unable to move beyond the level of balancing the various interests of individual nations. In history, up to now, we have depended on government organizations centered on men to bring about global peace. Now, however, to surmount the limitations they have demonstrated, I believe that a women's peace movement centered on a non-governmental organization, NGOs, should take root as the new system, resolving problems that arise in the field. Yes. Before Trofada went to the spiritual world, he proposed and created ABLE uh, Women's UN. The final organization that he had, he and the true mother created together until now, the UN has seen repeated uh, breakdown of each work to fulfill its original ambition to maintain lasting global peace 
according to the purpose of each founding. At the time of inauguration, under the uh, confrontational structure of the Cold War, the UN was limited in its ability to bring about lasting world peace, transcending the interest, interests of individual nations. This, uh, this is why through uh, parents are emphasizing that the renewal of the UN is absolutely critical to building a world of lasting peace as originally envisioned at the time of the creation. You know, to overcome the current uh, UN's limitation in the establishment of the world peace, true parents have created WFWP as the Able Women's UN, and UPF as the Able UN representing men. From this perspective, UPF and WFWP has a mission to go out and lead the world peace movement from a position similar to that of a couple that solves all the problems of the world. I think really you need to understand that how much father emphasizing the importance of the UPF and Women Federation for World Peace. That's why I think uh, UPF and the Women Federation for Peace need to go together side by side, not under the organization, you know, Women Federation, not under the some organization. That's why I need to go side by side. According to the parents, the concept is very clear. Woman is not under the man. Man is not under the man. Cannot be done like that. The same equal position as the role of the mother, as the role of the father, as the role of a man, and role of the woman. Very important. We need to change this kind of really concept, especially our member. The importance of WFWP and UPF, very important. From this perspective, really, UPF and WFWP really has a really important mission. How can we lead the world? How can we establish world peace? based on these two organizations, and the UPFWP, and then through mother, raising up one more organization, that is a position of children, YSP. That's why Centering on Family Federation for World Peace, and UPF, WFWP, YSP, this is a Centering on Four Position Foundation Organization. Based on these four, four organizations, all affiliated organizations can relate to these four main organizations, we need to know this point very clearly. This really very important structure to create world peace. You know, world is what extend our family to the world. Same things, so structure have to be same. Living divine principle and the spiritual fall, and let's study EDP. The spiritual fall and the physical fall. God created human beings with two components the spirit self and the physical self. The human fall likewise took place in two dimensions, the spiritual and the physical. The fall which took place through the sexual relationship between the angel and Eve was a spiritual fall. While the fall which occurred through the sexual relationship between Eve and Adam was the physical fall. How can an act of passionate love be consummated between an angel and a human being. 
All the emotions and sensations felt between a person and a spirit are exactly the same as those felt during contact between two earthly people. Undoubtedly, a sexual union between an angel and a person is possible. We can understand this more clearly from the fact that there are reported cases of earthly people leading a married life with spirits. So based on that, let us study Father's word more. The resentment of the archangel. How lonely religious people have been as the body of the rebirth of the archangel. They felt they were receiving less love when they were loved by God. That's the resentment of the archangel. Once the archangel is able to stand in the position of a perfected archangel, he must receive the perfect love of God and the love of perfected Adam. However, the archangel has never received such love until now. That's why the archangel accuses God saying, although I became Satan and I am not qualified to receive your love, I can only accept being kicked out after receiving at least once the perfected love that you promised me. This is so true. That's why Satan has been clinging onto this hope for 6,000 years saying, you've kicked me out without setting a condition that you loved me, God. How could you do that to me? Wow. And then continue. This is why Jesus blessed Satan, the enemy, in order to set a such a condition. He just gave the blessing to Satan as if he had the same heart as God. Thus, since Jesus finally set a condition that he had loved the archangel, Satan was banished and a new world has expanded since then. I cannot explain these deep stories to you. Yeah, I think Father really talked about a very important thing. The Archangel's heart, Archangel's Peter heart is that the love he received from God was love received at the top of the cross stage. Yesterday, I already explained to you. Because the Archangel did not receive from God at the completion stage, he has really hard since the archangel had never received the perfect love of god he's stealing see he's still accusing god to this day and also archangel never receiving receiving the perfect love of a human being who should have dominated him and is his harm with the archangel being in the position of the servant he's wishing to receive the perfect love of the true master uh, you know, remained as harm. The kick out to kick out Satan, we have to set the condition of loving even our enemy and bringing them to natural submission. Because of that, even in the place of the dying on the cross, Jesus set the condition of having loved even the enemy that pierced him with a spear. That's why Jesus is really great. Adam. Could not do that, right? So Adam need to become perfect being and then need to love, you know, Archangel. 
but you know, Adam completely dominated by Archangel. And then Archangel do not receive love, right? Do not receive love from the perfect human being. Since Jesus came, finally he needs to go to the way of the cross. When he crucified, and then his enemy accused him, then what Jesus did? Pray for him, forgive him. And then Archangel, the Satan, first time received and recognized by God's begotten son. And then Satan totally surrendered to Jesus. Jesus showed that kind of example because Jesus was a perfect being, individual perfection. And since true, true Father came to the earth, same kind of temptation and then, you know, struggling. And Satan always accused the Father, but Father still forgive enemy, pray for enemy. And then even in the Hengnam prison, Satan, which is Archangel, completely surrendered. Why? Father, forgive him. Love him. It is how much amazing. That's why now, actually, there is no condition Satan accuses Jesus and true parents anymore. Because Jesus and true parents loved Archangel, centering on complete love. From some perspective setting or condition of completely loving the Archangel is the condition of the fulfilling the human portion of responsibility. Even though the Archangel tempted Adam and Eve, he also wished that they would reject his temptation, dominate him, and love the Archangel himself. That's why when we become perfect being like Jesus, like a true father, when, when we can do that, even though my enemy persecute me, and try to kill me, like Jesus, like a true father, forgive him unconditionally. And then Satan naturally surrender. Wow, I tried to kill you many times. I tried to tempt you many times. I blame you, persecute you so much. How come you love this kind of the unworthy person? How come you love you know, such kind of the enemy? I can testify that you are true owner. You are true son of God. Then our portion of responsibility and surpass top of the cross stage. Satan can recognize you fulfill your portion of responsibility. You have a qualification to become the owner of the old things. Even you can control me. You can dominate me. I completely surrender. You are my owner. I really recognize you. Something like that. That, that is a completion of the, our portion of responsibility. Ja, today's youth ministry, I am leaving within the absolute law. Let's study. What is sin? What is sin? Having discord with one another is sin. Discord is asserting yourself as you please and having conflicts with one another.
If there is something to assert about yourself, you must assert it according to God. Can you assert yourself regardless of God? Can I inhale and exhale as I please? If I could control my breathing as I please, can I just exhale? On the other hand, can I just inhale? Can I inhale for more than 30 seconds? I will realize that even though I think that eating, sleeping, waking, coming and going are done as I please, there is actually nothing I can do as I please. It is the same with time. We need to keep the time and right moment. Who controls the four seasons? Can you extend spring? Spring, this is my situation. So can you come later? I have my situation, so I will sow the seeds in May. Can you say this? Autumn, don't come. The fruits in our field have not ripened yet. Can you say this? When autumn comes, it comes mercilessly, regardless of my own situations. Therefore, we need to harvest adjusting to the harvest season. Therefore, the law of nature is absolute. Wow, really very powerful guidance. What is a sin? Sin is a thinking, judging, and then acting self-centeredly. Because we do everything as we please and set out our own, you know, assertions first. We make, we make ourselves have discord with each other. Doing things as one please is sin. Human beings are not beings created by ourselves, right? My own being is a resultant being. In order for, in order for us to use a car, you know, our automobile car, well, we need to know how to use a car, right? To drive a car, well, we need to drive knowing the principles of the person who made the car. Similarly, since I am being created by God, if we know God's principle of creation well, and with what kind of principles God created me with, and obey them as they are, we can achieve our purpose of life. My brothers and sisters, the one who created human being is who? Whom? The one who created human being is God. So we must live according to the creation manual. That create a human being who are God. God's creation manual becomes the purpose of my life. <clears throat> yes or no? Very important. You cannot live according to your own will. We are resultant being. God is the one who created me. That's why I need to absolutely follow God according to God's creation manual. God's blueprint. If you go own way against, against God's principle, you do not follow God's creation manual, become accident. And you will occur so much problems. Can I inhale and exhale as I please, as I want? Uh, if I couldn't, could, if I could control my breathing as I please, can I just exhale? On the other hand, can I just inhale, inhale only? Impossible. God created not like that. 
even watch that even inhaling and then watch that even exhaling is what need to follow according to universal principle in the end there is actually nothing i can do as i please it is the same with the time and the, the right moment we need to absolutely keep the time and right environment right moment can you extend the spring hey spring 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 i am not ready i am not ready this is my situation so can you come later can you consider my situation you can you can say like that i have my situation so i will sow the seed in may and june can you say like that can you say such things you cannot do anything that's why absolutely follow universal law and natural law absolute no negotiation whenever autumn come it comes regardless of my own situation you know each time spring summer autumn does not care my own situation Therefore, we need to harvest and adjusting to uh, to harvest season. Therefore, the law of nature is absolute, absolute. In other words, we need to know that God's law of the universe is absolute. Next. I am living within the absolute law. I am living within the absolute law. Can I have my own situation within the absolute law? I cannot have my own situations. Just as there is the law of nature for nature, everything, without exception, has laws and principles. Therefore, our lives must also absolutely follow those laws. Sundays are holy days when we meet God. But can you leave worship service as you please or according to your situations. If some person leaves worship, that person becomes someone unrelated to God. Sunday is a day that God has chosen. Sunday is a holy day. By keeping Sundays holy, the Bible says, make your home holy. Fallen man cannot become holy without holy conditions. We have received the blessing. But with this blessing from God, the couple cannot respect each other without conditions. If people do not set conditions, they easily flow horizontally and get into conflicts. Yes, I am living within the absolute law, right? Can I have my own situation within the absolute law? God's absolute law does not consider my personal situation and position. I need to adjust to the right time. Sowing seeds of grain, growing them, and harvesting them according to the right time is my portion of responsibility. The right time will never wait considering my own situation. Just as there is a law of nature for nature, there are laws and principles for everything without exception has laws and principles. Therefore, our lives must also absolutely follow those laws. Sunday are holidays. You know, when I recently I study about the, you know, Old Testament. Wow, really keeping keeping Sunday service absolute. 
You do not keep even Sunday service. Really, you will get punishment. According, you re, you please read Old Testament. Sundays are holy day, God's day, when we meet God. But can you leave worship service as you please, or according to your situation? If some person leaves worship, that person becomes someone unrelated to God. You know, you do not keep Sunday service. Huh? This is, you need to overcome your own situation. Sunday night belong to me. Sunday belong to God. We need to glorify for God. You know, Sunday is very, very important. Even you cannot keep Sunday service. What are you talking about? Your life of faith. Sunday is a day that God has chosen, not by me. Sunday is a holy day. Sunday is not a day when I can do as I please. By keeping Sunday holy, the Bible says, make your home holy. You need to have a certain standard, really, your respect holiday. And then prepare your heart and go to church and worship God and communicate with God. And meeting your own brothers and sisters, really create happiness and joy and make Sunday as a holiday. Then, Finally, when you come back home, you need to make your home, okay, as a holy, holy home. Need to have the standard. Keeping Sabbaths, Sunday as a holy day, and that kind of person come back home, also you need to create, you need to make your home holy. Fallen man cannot become holy without holy condition. That's why when we attending Sunday service condition, how can throughout the last six days become holy day? Sunday is one of the standards. I worship God and respect God and come God. And this is one of the like a particular holy condition. And the Heavenly Father, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, I want to treat same as holy day each day. That's a condition, holiday condition. So you really ignore Sunday. How can you value each day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? You cannot do that because you don't have the vertical standard. We have received the holy blessing, but with the, this blessing from God, the couple cannot respect each other without conditions. If people do not set conditions, they easily flow horizontally and get into conflicts and fight. That's why we oh, need to have a standard, political standard. This is the first commandment. Need to love God. You need to put God first, the first commandment. And then when you set up this condition, political alignment with God, and then easy, easy to practice the second commandment, I treat my neighbor as my body, as my own self, because already set up a condition. If you ignore this first commandment, first alignment, you cannot practice the second commandment. What's the purpose to set up first commandment? Actually, the main reason to practice, practice horizontally, you know, to love my neighbor as my own self. Wow, Bible, Bible that's why Bible content is really great. Next. Love comes from absolute obedience. 
How can a couple that have lived as they please obey each other? Secular couples think that their spouse, spouses are spouses they chose themselves and that they decided their own marriage. So they quarrel, use impolite speech, and mistreat each other. Because the secular world meet and live unprincipally, they cannot help but have conflicts and fight. In the end, God is not with such couples. In our life of faith today, there's not one thing we can do centered on ourselves and as we please. In absolute obedience, can I act as I please? Love comes from absolute obedience. That means that if I am centered on myself, I cannot receive love from my partner. Children receive love from their parents when they absolutely obey their parents. If they do things in their own ways, how can they receive love from their parents? Then, who do you all have to absolutely obey? You must absolutely obey the laws of the nature and principle of the universe. Just as we need to be absolutely responsible in accordance with the approaching moment in our couple's relationship, we must be absolutely obedient to each other. Yeah. Secular, uh, the, since the secular people live uh, ignoring the absolute principle and law, laws of the universe, there will be always be conflict and envy and jealousy and hatred and fight. If problems arise, they do not know what to do because the secular world meet and live unprincipledly. They cannot help but have conflicts and fight. In our life of faith today, there is not one thing we can do centered on ourselves as we please. In absolute obedience, can I act as I please? Love comes from absolute obedience. When we are absolutely obedient to the absolute laws of God's true love, we can feel joy and love. The word absolute obedience implies that there is not even 1% of self-assertion. Absolute obedience means that uh, if I am centered on myself, I cannot receive love from my partner. Children receive love from their parents when they absolutely obey their parents. If they do things in their own ways, how can they receive love from their uh, parents? Then what do you all have to uh, absolutely obey? You must absolutely obey the laws of the nature and principle of the universe, just as we need to be absolutely responsible in accordance with the approaching moment in our couple's relationship. We must be, we must be absolutely obedient to each other. Okay, final slide. It is absolute that we must become filial sons and daughters. It is absolute that we must become God's children. That is why children need to be absolutely obedient to the heavenly law from a young age. We call being absolutely obedient to parents, yo, filial piety. It is absolute that we must become filial sons and daughters. That is why we need to train to obey God's command 
and our parents' commands from a young age. Being filial to parents is absolute. What is filial piety? It is not doing things as I please, bringing joy to parents and receive love from parents and grow and become people who are better than their parents. Parents need to praise and encourage their children a lot so that they can become a filial child. Children who are praised by their parents study well too. If parents apply pressure to or make things compulsory, the children will become more stubborn. If children are praised at home too, they become model students even in school. Among those who are praised by their parents, there are not many people who are bad at studying. Children who cause their parents to worry are not even good at studying. The reason is simple. People who assert themselves will not have capabilities in the end. Yes, thank you, Heavenly Honey. It is absolutely that we must become God's children and realize true family. This is absolute, right? Anyone need to become, anyone need to accomplish the first blessing, second blessing, third blessing, and finally realize true family. This is absolute. That's why children need to be trained to be absolutely obedient to uh, the heavenly law from a young age. They cannot do so loosely with the so-called freedom. We call uh, the being absolutely obedient to parents show if parents live a life of obedience of being absolutely filial to heavenly parents, their children will also think that being filial to their parents is absolute. That's why we need to train to obey God's command, uh, commands and our parents' commands from a young age. Being filial to parents is absolute. To become ideal family is what? Absolute. There is no room for choosing to be filial or not. Parents need to praise and encourage their children a lot so that they can become a filial child and parents need to show their children how much they are uh, filial to heavenly parents, true parents, and their own parents. Uh, today, also we learn very important thing, right? Today, I talk about the, I am living within the absolute law. You know, many of them, the, they don't like the, they don't like the concept of absolute. But God is absolute God. Natural law, Absolute. Universal law, absolute. Absolute does exist. Spring, summer, autumn, winter, surely come. We need to according, according to God's absolute law. Sun and moon and star, all universe exist according to the absolute law. That's why human beings need to live according to Absolute God's principle, not my own way, not own my way, that's not allowed. If we absolutely follow God's law, God's principle, centered on His true love, everything will be fine. This is the best way we can grow, we can become perfect being, we can create ideal family. Thank you very much. God bless you.
Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Young. Uh, powerful message this morning. Uh, you close youth ministry with sharing about how we are all living within this absolute law. It's challenging. Absolute is a difficult word, but it is setting that standard. And there's our, our goal in life is to try as much as we can to live within that absolute law. So uh, thank you so much, Dr. Young, for establishing that very clear standard for us that we can aim for and strive for in our lives. So thank you. Now for our morning, uh, for our living testimony, I'd like to invite up actually Subregion 3 Director, uh, Reverend Kazuo Takami. He'll be introducing the testimony from Margaret Figueroa. So please welcome Reverend Takami. Uh, good morning, everybody. Thank you, Joshua. Yeah, I'd like to introduce uh, Margaret Figueroa. Uh, she is the longest member of Chicago Family Church. I think she joined the early 70s, and most of the time she is in Chicago. And uh, she and also Pastor Hiro uh, recently led the project of uh, interviewing early pioneers of Chicago. And they made a video and show it uh, at the Chicago's reunion service two Sundays ago. And also uh, Margaret and also another brother, previous month in November, uh, they launched a bi-monthly dinner meeting um, where they invited all the first-gen brothers and sisters. And uh, it was very successful to create a space uh, for people to come and share. So this morning, uh, so Margaret is going to share about the heart of reaching out brothers and sisters and also power of the people's testimony. So please welcome Margaret Figueroa. Good morning, Dr. Young. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Uh, my name is Margaret Figueroa, Hodes Figueroa. Um, uh, before I begin, I really want to say thank you to um, Reverend Takami for asking me to share today. And also, um, you know, I cannot give a testimony without thanking Heavenly Parent and our true parents um, for all that they have given to each and every one of us. So um, with that said, um, my testimony is about two events that occurred in Chicago about uh, over the last month or so. Um, one was already reported on the morning devotion, but um, I'm going to just add to it a little. So to begin with, for the last actually couple of years, I've been thinking about um, gathering with older members because I could see that um, as they got older, some lost their spouses and some became lonely or distant from the church. And it was really kind of hitting my heart for a while. Uh, in the midst of all of that, then COVID hit and all of the issues of loneliness and, you know, we even, you know, heard some really sad stories about some older members. Um, so all those issues multiplied during COVID. So um, then on Dr. Young's morning devotion, and um, he, he kind of uh, several times mentioned about how True Mother um, wanted us to return to the spirit of the early church. And um, in the early church, uh, I joined in, in January of 1973, um, 
it was uh there were no cell phones there were no tvs uh or very little access to tvs there were absolutely no computers so um what we did in the evening was we sang songs and we ate together and we gave testimonies so testimonies take time and they take patience and they take encouragement so you have to kind of build uh, a space where people are relaxed and they want to talk and uh and they feel that they can tell things that uh they won't get judged about so Anyhow, I felt that burden uh, about the state of our elders. And also I felt um, I was like one of the few people who knew a lot of the Chicago history. And I, I realized it wasn't just my history to tell. There were a lot of people involved in Chicago and it was somehow it came to me that our history uh, uh, brought in uh in as everybody's history or except excuse me what i'm trying to say is that our histories together are really god's history and uh and true parents history in this movement so each history is very important so um uh, i asked reverend hero if he had time to meet and we met together and i talked to him about both of these issues and um he and reverend takami gave me the go-ahead for a dinner and um, and we also talked about how we could start putting together the history based on you know uh, an idea Reverend Hero had about um, what international headquarters had done. So um, now I had this banquet to put together, and so I called on my dear friend Dieter Jesper. Many of you may know him because they own the camp in Michigan, and he and Rojane uh, are really wonderful people. And um, so I asked him if he would go in with me and, and you know, support this and do it, and he agreed. So um, we started laying the framework out that we would have no agenda. The, the agenda was to get together, to have fun, and to eat together. And uh, I had some idea of tossing a balloon around, you know, older people tossing a balloon in there. You know, just something to keep, you know, keep it light and to have fun. Uh, but we got rid of that idea because of the food. So anyhow, um, I did the cooking and Dieter and Rojane were the MCs and they did a great job. Um, at first, only a few people signed up and little by little it came to, in the end, about 50 attended. Um, Dieter and Rojane made a really fun and warm atmosphere and they played games and especially one that they played was called Two Truths and One Lie. And uh, maybe many of you know this game, but you know, you're know you at a table and each person has to tell two truths and one lie. And the other members or the other people at the table have to distinguish which one was the lie. And you know, of course, this helps to really get to know people. So um, it was a great success. People didn't want to leave. And uh, it was just a very warm environment. And um, in the following days, I had three things happen. Um, one, I had a dream of true father. Uh, the second, I was out walking my dogs and there was no, no one around. It was a school day and suddenly a big balloon just floated right to me. So my idea of that event had been to toss a balloon and then this balloon just came out of nowhere. And then thirdly, I went to work and there was an envelope on my desk. The housekeeper from the job I had 
had left me $200 um, saying that you're such a good person, I just wanted to give you something. And that really touched me because it was like her ancestry wanted to help pay for this event. And um, so I was very, I was very touched by all three things. Anyhow, but during, while we were preparing for the first event, um, Reverend Takami let us know that there was another event that was going to occur in December. And that was a reunion service um, based on the service held at the Clif Clifton Church. So kind of modeled by their success. So somehow during that period of time, we realized that this probably was the 50th anniversary of the founding of the Chicago Church. And we decided to get in contact with uh, Sandra Singleton Lowen, who had been um, the first pioneer sent by True Father. And she um, confirmed that, yes, indeed, it was the 50th anniversary. And she also agreed to give us a Zoom testimony and um, tell about her experiences uh, when she set up the church in Chicago. And um, yeah. And then we also were able to get in contact with another early member, uh, Dana Karos, and he gave a moving testimony too about um, joining the church. And he met it in 1972, he joined in 1973, and uh, he was one of the uh, members who helped put money down for our Sheridan Road building. And, um, and then finally, we were able to um, get a Zoom call recorded with Sherry Ruder, who was, um, she led the Chicago church during the 1980s alongside Reverend Vincent and Reverend Jenkins. So um, this, all of this together, the first event and these testimonies, it, it, it started to develop into a very rich spirit. You could really feel it. It was a spirit of a lot of what Dr. Young talks about, longing for one another and, and remembering the days we spent together and, um, and so it really was a reunion before the reunion. We started it early. So that spirit carried on, and it wasn't a surprise then that that reunion um, event that happened like two Sundays ago was, was a great success. During the event, um, I think there was probably close to 400 people who attended either in person or on Zoom, um, new members, guests, and some people who hadn't attended uh, a church event for decades. Uh, I saw one brother who was, um, I saw when he joined in 1976, and I hadn't seen him in, you know, close to, you know, 48 years or something. So um, it was it was remarkable. And um, then we showed those um, testimonies of Sandra, Dana, and Sherry. And uh, really, the audience was, you know, just captured by seeing those, and it was quiet, and you could almost hear a pin drop, and you know, it was a really beautiful situation. Then Reverend Jenkins spoke about his time in Chicago, and then, um, and then uh, Dr. Kihum Kim, you know, spoke about his time in Chicago, and uh, both of those were, you know, great testimonies live. Um, they were both there in person. And then Dr. Young spoke, um, uh, he gave um, a sermon, a very powerful sermon about, um, you know, loving God and loving each other and that this is the way a church prospers, you know, by really taking care and really loving each other. It was a very powerful sermon he gave. 
And then finally, um, Reverend Takami gave a vision of the of you know the beginning of our next fifty years. So um, it was really a beautiful evening. People stayed long after the doors were you know after the event was over. So it was really wonderful. I hope you enjoyed this story, and thank you so much for listening. Thank you, thank you, Margaret. Beautiful, just. Uh, your humble desire to want to capture this and then allowing it to move people's hearts so much is exciting to see how God wants to capture all these testimonies. Uh, I, for one, really appreciate hearing these testimonies of those early times and the foundation that we stand on. That's our history. So thank you so much for, for doing that and also empowering people along the way. Uh, thank you. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful living testimony.